Welcome back to another edition of the Tan and J-Man Show. A little different this week as I am the only one here live, present, and in studio. But don't worry, got the J-Man here on the phone. J-Man, what's going on? I missed you waving to the Tan and J-Man Show Nation. You know, I was I was waving at my computer, but that just didn't make any sense. So why, I do, stopped. why does that not surprise me? I can just visualize <laughs> it right now. I, I had the uh, muscle memory going. <laughs> it's just it's just habit. Yeah, you're a creature of habit. So, <laughs> well, we got to start things off. Of course, you know, uh, not a lot going on. Uh, as we're just hoping everybody stays safe and healthy out there, as we're all trying to get through this uh, COVID nineteen uh, pandemic together. It's uh, I think only going to get a little rougher from here on out but we do have a few things to talk about some nfl free agency a few other questions that got sent in by the nation and a few other topics so should be a fun show and hopefully we can take your mind off everything for at least an hour but uh the tan and j man show this week is brought to you by like it is every week the damn landing whether you want an epic burger hand-tossed pizza hand-breaded tenderloin seafood craft beer or a hand crafted cocktail the damn landing is the place to be the damn landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful lake mantle that focuses on freshness and quality and they got the damn smoke going on right now that's on uh, friday and saturdays barbecue steaks including some ribs they looked incredible on their facebook page over the weekend i actually did support the damn landing and, and the local restaurants and i got some pizza friday night which was really good um, so they are, even though you can't dine in there, you can still get takeout. So I recommend doing that. But once they get going again, you can wash that down with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. And you'll be able to take in the fantastic views of Lake Mansell in their beer garden or outdoor bar area, whether it be by boat or wheels, the damn Lenny is the place to be located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. You better go get yourself some uh, damn uh, damn landing dinner sometime this week, J-Man. You know, J-Man is a big fan of ribs, as you know. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I might just have to do that this weekend. You better call in early. I think they go by pretty fast from what I've oh, heard. I'm sure. So uh, you got some birdie bogey. Yes, I do. Week. And I, I, I'm trying to do the read without, because uh, obviously I don't have the paper in front of me. <laughs> but birdie bogey is brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC. Fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblenomellc.com. And I got a little bit to add to that. You can sign up for their CSA right now. It's from May to September. The pickup date and day and time this year is going to be Thursdays from 3 to 6 p.m. The first day is on May 7th. The last day is on September 24th. That's at Romine Family Farms, 3328 South, 900 West, Mintone, Indiana, 46539. And you might be wondering, what does CSA stand for? It stands for Community Supported Agriculture. You have the ability to purchase a crop share of fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce that you and your family can enjoy all summer long. And what do you get with that? You get a weekly box of fresh produce, newsletter, recipes, uh, relationship with with the farmer who grows your food, which would be Bryce and Katie Romine, and exclusive farm tours. Uh, your box may contain uh, beets, cabbage, carrots, cauliflower, cucumbers, eggplant, herbs, kale, kohlrabi, lettuce, melons, microgreens, onions, peppers, radishes, spinach, uh, summer squash, salad mix, sweet corn, Swiss chard, tomatoes, turnips, and winter squash. 
So there you go. Go check out their website, Noble Gnome LLC, for more details and pricing. Get your veggies. Get them while they're ready. Justin James Watt, also known Ooh, as JJ Watt, turned 31 yesterday, and he is the only man with as many Defensive Player of the Year awards as this other guy. Who is he tied with with three Defensive Player of the Year awards? Man, that's a good one. I'm really going to have to think about that one. Coming in hot. It'll take you a while to find that one. Um, 30 seconds oh. today. I was looking on Twitter and saw it. Darn it. I didn't see it. And I, I try to, you know, I try, I try to follow the same accounts as you so I can tr- not cheat, but get a little advantage. You know, and, to uh, be honest, my one source of birdie bogey questions are, or my only source, um, of birdie bogey questions is on Twitter. So you can go through my, uh, Twitter, uh, follows and see uh, who i got i'm not that desperate enough at least yet um you should be i should be look at, my, look at my track record's pretty bad we you know we should have started keeping count a long time ago of what your actual record was um it would be way over par it would be it would not be good you've got back to back i've gotten back to back but it felt like those were the first two questions i'd gotten right in a while so uh trying to sneak up towards par a little bit yeah well, I will definitely think on that one because I'm I'm going to need to. Uh, let's see here. Well, I I got some on this day for you. Is it better than last week's? Yeah, yeah. I haven't looked over it completely, but just from a brief glance, it sure looks like it's. Uh, but the on this day segment is brought to you by Roadstar Driving School of Fulton County. Uh, they got all the services for all of your drivers, teen drivers education needs. You can call them at 574-780-2291 or email them at Fulton at roadstardriving.com. And Joel Burris, who is the owner of Fulton of the drive star road star driving Academy. I am botching this read of Fulton County. He actually supplied a question for later on during the show. Nice. Uh, okay, what do we got here? Um, let's see. On this day in 1946, the eighth NCAA men's basketball championship was held as Oklahoma State beat North Carolina 43-40. to Barn burn. Back-to-back titles for the Cowboys. We, we, we sure Bruce Weber wasn't a coach in one of those games with that final score? <laughs> no, no, uh, not sure at all. So... <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, the tenth NCAA men's basketball championship was held two years later, of course, in 1948. Kentucky beat Baylor 58-42. That was the Wildcats' first victory in their first title game. They won quite a few after that. They did. They're a pretty historic blue blood blue blood program. On this day in 1957, the nineteenth NCAA men's basketball championship was held. North Carolina beat Kansas 54 to 53 in three overtimes. Will Chamberlain of Kansas became the fourth player to be named tournament MOP despite not playing for the championship team. Hmm. Uh, more NCAA basketball championships on this day in 1963. The 25th edition was played as Loyola Chicago beat Cincinnati 60-58 to in overtime. They ended up going to the Final Four just... I don't remember what year you said, but quite a bit, quite a while after that. Yeah, that was in 1963, so uh, just a couple, a handful of years ago. Five yep. years. Then uh, five years later, the 30th edition was played in 1968. 
Saw UCLA beat North Carolina 78-55. Gave the Bruins back-to-back titles. Luau Cinder was the most outstanding player for the second time in three years. Wasn't too shabby. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good player. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, a lot of figure skating stuff. Um, <laughs> this is a funny one. It doesn't give any details, but it says on this day in 1993, the New York Knicks and uh, Phoenix Suns got into a major brawl. <laughs> Imagine that. The Knicks always got in fights. No, no details on it? Nope, that's all it said. Hmm. Uh, on this day in 1994, Wayne Gretzky uh, set the NHL record with 802 goals scored. He wasn't bad either. No. Hey, we got a pro wrestling one in here. On this day in uh, 1997, WrestleMania 13 in Rosemont Horizon, Illinois, saw The Undertaker beat Psycho Sid for for the WWF heavyweight title. I've actually watched that match on the network. Did Did you watch the uh, replay of WrestleMania on ESPN? I last watched night? bits and pieces of it. Um, I remember was watching that from last that. year. That was back in 2014. Wow, the WrestleMania 30, but they're they're you doing know, that the next two Sundays. So. I was scrolling through the channels and saw it and figured you might have tuned in a little bit. I saw a little bit of it. I watched the uh, Brock Lesnar-Undertaker match. So, yeah. But uh, that is the On This Day segment this week. And uh, looks like we got a decent amount of people here watching on Facebook, so we really appreciate it. Please comment or send in questions uh, as they come to you, and we'll try to get them answered. But uh, we did have some big sports news last week in the NFL. A lot of free agency happened. Um, two quarterbacks who had been on the same team all their career, Tom Brady and Phil Rivers, they're in new homes starting next year, Tampa Bay and Indianapolis. So you got your uh, book it wrong of Brady returning to New England. <laughs> you know, it as I've been saying for months on end, that it, it was one of those, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, uh, now that the uh, ink is dry on the paper, uh, I have to, I guess, believe it. A two-year, $50 million deal. It's, I assume it's all guaranteed It's all guaranteed, well. yep. Um, that's fair for him. He, I mean, that was a good fit, in my opinion. It's still kind of weird that he's going to a team like Tampa Bay. Um, but, I mean, he has. that's probably the team with the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. Have a good tight end in O.J. Howard. Uh, they're pretty young, good head coach, in my opinion, Bruce Arians. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. Yeah, it will be interesting. Uh, it's interesting that he's going to a franchise who has not made the playoffs since 2007. Their last playoff victory was back in their Super Bowl win over the Raiders. Uh, wow. Back in Super Bowl uh, uh, 37. Um, <laughs> and so he's got five times as many playoff wins in his career as the whole franchise in Tampa Bay. I assume he's the only player on that roster with playoff experience, too. I'm not sure who uh, else they've signed. Well, Shaq Barrett's uh, playing there. He had some oh, experience yeah. uh, in Denver a few years ago. Um, I'm sure they got some other people, too. Yeah, of of the 53 men that are currently on their roster, I'm sure uh, at least a handful have played in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, not many. Um, not many at all. But... Um, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. It's it's getting to the point in sports where it it's very rare mm-hmm. to see a player in in any of the big leagues starting in their career with the same team. Yep. 
I mean, really, who's the last one to do it? Derek Jeter or Kobe? Kobe and I, Jeter. I, I was just kind of um, thinking of uh, Jeter and Kobe, um, that they're kind of the last of that breed uh, where, I mean, money just took a hold and teams aren't paying their players as much. And they're going out and signing just huge deals with other teams for whatever reason. So, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I think I think he just wants to prove to the fans and to Bill that he can do it without them. Yeah, um, I I'd also said last week that I really didn't think Tom Brady wanted to be back in New England, even though I thought he ultimately would end up there. Um, I don't think Bill and Tom had the greatest relationship at the end. No, I, 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 it, it, it sounded like the legs for this were in movement back in 2017. Right. So, um, and I think Bill kind of wants to try to prove he can win without him too. So, mm-hmm. which it's it, interesting with their quarterback situation is pretty interesting. We can get that, get into that in a minute. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then also the other big name I, I was mentioning, or at least around these parts, Philip Rivers had spent his whole career to date with the uh, San Diego, then L.A. Chargers, going to the Colts on a one-year $25 million deal. What are your thoughts on that? I've also been on record saying how I didn't think signing Phillip Rivers would make the Colts any better. I mean, last year he threw 23 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. His team went 5-11, and and in my opinion, that Chargers team is a lot more talented than this Colts team is currently. And they still found a way to go five and eleven. I yep. mean, um, Jacoby Brissett. Um, I didn't think he was the answer either. So, uh, is is it just a one year deal? It's just a one year deal. Um, yeah. So, I don't. I don't I, know. I still think they'd be better off, um, or they still need to draft a quarterback early. Of course, they traded their first round pick to mm-hmm. the. Uh, San Francisco 49ers for DeForest Buckner. Um, so they can't do that in the first round, obviously. Um, and I'm not sure who could be there in round two or three, but they still need a young guy um, to kind of learn from Phil um, going forward. Yeah, they're they're in a weird position with Brissett now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they only, if they got rid of him, they'd only save $3 million. I think it's between like hmm. $12 million and $15 million. Um, so I guess you just keep them. Just in case Phil goes down, you got a guy who's got experience, but yeah. then you're not building for the future. Um, Rivers was on uh, JMV on 1070 The Fan this afternoon, and you could hear the excitement in his voice. He's ready for a new start. Kept complimenting the offensive line. Talked about how they went in there and, and beat Kansas City on the road last year. So uh, mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's kind of like Tom Brady. It's going to be really strange seeing them in different uniforms. Yeah, and this is probably good for Philip to kind of get out of um, Southern California. I mean, it, it was clear he was never going to win a Super Bowl there. Um, and, of course, he's fairly – he's pretty old at this point. He's uh, 38 years old. He'll play majority of the season at 38, turns 39 in December. Um, so it'll be uh, – once again, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Colts uh, need to upgrade their weapons uh, quite a bit because their receiving course is not very good. Um, I do like the running back in uh, Marlon Mack, uh, but they need some uh, weapons around Phillip there because he uh, had a pretty good receiving core out uh, in Los Angeles last year. Well, that's why I was surprised they traded away their first-round pick. I thought they, right. they were in prime position right there to get one of the really good speedy wide receivers. Um, and and the receiving class is loaded. Very too. loaded. 
Um, so th- I mean, you can get a good receiver in the second round, but like you said, maybe mm-hmm. they look at quarterback in the second round, even though yeah, I, I don't know who that would be right now. But heck, the mock drafts and all the evaluations are thrown up in the air right now because there's going to be no pro days, so right, nobody knows what's going to happen. But but the NFL uh, draft still happening. Uh, I think exactly a month, a month from today. Yeah. So I, I got to get my second mock draft out. Maybe maybe that'll happen you next do, week. Um, there you go. It's gonna be a total crapshoot, but we're gonna we're gonna try. <laughs> uh, we had a question here from Aaron Lynch, who's been a guest on the show before, and he's a loyal listener. Uh, he said, "Who do you think, or whose career would you rather have, Philip Rivers or Dan Fouts?" Um, that is the easiest question I think I've <laughs> ever answered on this show, um, and it is a hundred percent Philip Rivers. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, I mean, of course, it's a different day, yep. different era. Fouts was in that. Um, era where he, he played in the 70s and 80s so uh he, he put up numbers that really hadn't been seen before from a quarterback uh, when he did it of course before marino came along and did it again i mean, I mean he threw for forty three thousand forty yards 254 touchdowns but he also had 242 200, picks yeah 242 picks uh, for Phillip, the same league same team his whole career so philip is only 729 yards away from 60,000 yeah. in his career, three touchdowns away from 400 in his career, uh, 198 career yeah, interceptions. Yeah, hasn't even thrown 200 interceptions um, yet. So, so and it's an easy choice in my opinion. And, I mean, of course, record, win-loss record isn't a great way to evaluate a quarterback. Uh, but Phillip Rivers has better win percentage. He's 123 and 101 in his career. And Dan Fouts is 86, 84, and 1. Um, Phillips played in 11 postseason games. Dan Fouts played in seven. Uh, neither have played in the Super Bowl. Um, I think neither have played in the Super Bowl. I don't know about Fouts. I know obviously Rivers hasn't. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. Let me see. Uh, I don't think Fouts has. I, I think the Chargers actually. Actually, he might have. They made it against San Francisco. Nope, that was in the 90s. Duh. They made it against San Francisco. I think that's the Chargers' only Super Bowl appearance. Okay, because yeah, yeah. they, they, they had a stretch where they played at least two postseason games from 80 to 82, got to the conference championship in 80, got to the conference championship in 81 where they lost to Cincinnati, and then in 82 was, I think, a strike-shortened year, and they lost in the divisional round to the Dolphins. So I don't think old Fouts has ever played in the Super no, Bowl. No, they've only played in one. I'm looking over. I'm cheating and okay. looking over here on my uh, Super Bowl graphic down here in the studio. So. Uh, yeah. Um, Travis Watring, good friend of the show, a sponsor of the J-Man's Book of Prediction, he said he would love uh, Chase Claypool in the second round by the Colts. Claypool had a sensational combine. I mean, he's huge. He's six foot five and ran really fast. I'm not sure the exact number, but uh, he looks like a tight end out there, but ran like a elite wide receiver. Um, and he'd be a solid guy. He might end up sneaking into the first round, though. Yeah, he's a freak athlete. He was one of those guys, mm-hmm. whenever he turned on the Notre Dame game, he seemed like he was catching at least two touchdowns a game. Right, he was their go-to. Um, the other local NFL team, uh, the Chicago Bears, they made some quarterback movement, traded a fourth-round pick to Jacksonville for good old Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP a couple years ago. Yeah, um, Foles. <laughs> I'm this is the third time or second or third time this has happened. He signed a huge deal with the team and then is gone like a year later or two years later. Um, he's made a bunch of money in his career and uh, he had that unbelievable Super Bowl run 
uh, but he hasn't proven he can play away from Philadelphia, which is just strange to me. Yeah, um, yeah. What 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 do you think this? Uh, what what signs does this send to uh, Mitchell Trubisky? Uh, he absolutely needed uh, competition there, um, and if Nick Foles can't beat him out, something went wrong. Because um, I don't think Trubisky is a guy that can actually go out there and beat out a guy like Nick Foles. Foles would just have to play just extraordinarily bad for it to happen. <laughs> um, I think I think Trubisky's done in Chicago. I mean, he's their first round pick. It's you almost can't have him be your backup. There'd just be too much. Man. media um and distractions and stuff so they might end up just having to cut him if uh Foles I mean, plays to his ability I mean, I mean looking back on that look what all they gave up to move up and yeah. get him at number to, two to, overall to move up one spot because they were picking third yeah because they thought um, san fran was gonna jump on him sam and san fran bait and hooked them and they had of course deshaun watson and patrick mahomes <laughs> uh, still out there however of course, Patrick Mahomes was not a uh, given, no. surefire superstar like he's turned into, um, but neither was Trubisky. I would have said Watson was far more pro-ready yep. uh, at the time. Yep. Um, but uh, Ryan Pace tried to prove to people that he's smarter than everyone else, and it's backfired on him. Yeah, and the Bears only other – I know they've made some moves, but they got Jimmy Graham, kind of the corpse yep. of Jimmy Graham now. Yeah, um, but that would have been a great move about five years ago. They gave him a two-year deal, so I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I still don't. I still think they need wide receivers. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just don't. I didn't see them do much so far in free agency that moves the needle. They, but they've they've signed a few defensive guys, um, but but they were to like one or two-year deals and money guaranteed money's not huge, so I don't think they really made a splash. In free agency, um, besides, of course, the trade of Foles. So, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. And then uh, your Dolphins have made some nice moves. Yeah, I think they've given out the most guaranteed money, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they needed to revamp their offensive line, and they've done that, signing two offensive linemen, Eric Flowers and uh, Teddy Karras, who's from Indianapolis and played at the University of Illinois. Um, oh, so defensive he's a player then. I mean, um, they actually signed. They actually signed two Illinois guys, Clayton Fedulum, uh, who played for the Bengals, safety and one of the best special teamers in the NFL. Signed him to, I think, a two or three year deal. You're, you're, uh, you're, you work undercover for the Dolphins, team. don't you? And give them I do. You know, yeah. Um, yeah I, uh, Next thing we know, I, Beckman's going to be on the sidelines as assistant <laughs> coach and down there in Miami. Uh, uh, I'm trying not to say anything. <laughs> on a, inappropriate about uh, Tim Beckman, so don't get me started. He's got you blocked on Twitter. That's all that matters. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'll that says all you need to know. But uh, yeah, I think I think we're both pretty happy with what our teams are doing. I, I know I yeah. am from the Broncos standpoint. They got uh, Glasgow as we mentioned last week, but then they traded with the Titans for Jarrell Casey, and mm-hmm. then they got um, Melvin Gordon. I didn't didn't really see yeah, that coming. I didn't see that coming at all. Uh, I think that'll probably make Philip Lindsay a little mad, but I think competition's good, and and I like that one-two punch. Um, Absolutely, uh, um, it was a two-year, sixteen million dollar deal, so it's pretty fr- uh, friendly deal. I, I think every NFL team needs two starting caliber running backs on their roster because I mean they take a lot of hits. Yep. Um, I mean Lindsay's had injury issues anyway. Yep. Yes. Um, yep. And and Melvin Gordon essentially sat out majority of last year yeah, i don't on. remember when he actually came back so he's 
a little more fresh. Yeah, I would say um, he bet on himself yeah. and it kind of backfired because he saw yeah, the, he saw the, de- the de- deals Gurley and those guys were getting. Yeah, and he and he wasn't in the same league as those nope. guys. Of course, Todd Gurley ended up not being in that kind of yeah. category either. Yep, it's it. Running backs are kind of sometimes a flash in the pan. But uh, yep. with that said, I think he's got a lot of uh, game left. It's not like Jamal Charles when they got him in this final year where he just had nothing left in the tank. Even though I thought Vance Joseph and staff didn't use him correctly, but mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, I like it, and, and and I think that tells me they don't believe a lot in uh, Royce Freeman, who was only in his second yeah. year last year. But I think the writing's kind of on on the wall there for him. But uh, no, I like it. Um, they did, you know, say goodbye to Chris Harris Jr., who actually signed with a division rival in the Chargers. Which talk about a good defensive backfield there? Holy cow! Yeah, um, absolutely. Their their defense is loaded. Uh, the AFC West is going to be a tough division. Um, but speaking of tough divisions, how about the NFC South? They just keep getting better, don't they? I mean, yeah. Tom Brady signs as we said, and the whole world knows by now. Well, uh, and, Todd Ger- and every free agent, I feel like, wants to go to Tampa now. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, which I don't blame them because Tom Brady's proven winner. Yep. Um, Todd Gurley. Um, it might. He's only 25, 26 years old, but he just – we had a buddy say he seems like a fragile old man. <laughs> he does. Um, and he really does. And it wasn't really at, – at first when I saw a one-year deal, I was kind of surprised. But then the more I thought about it, um, Sean McVay didn't use him that much yeah. last year. Got hurt the year before. And uh, C.J. Anderson kind of passed him, didn't he, during their yeah, during the Super playoff, Bowl run? Yeah, sure did. Um, yep. So it ended up not being a shock, but he still – um, in my opinion, has a lot left in the tank. Uh, who knows if he'll actually be able to reach that potential, though. Yep, and then uh, you have the Saints. Uh, got Emmanuel Sanders. That's a nice toy for Drew Brees, a nice two to go along with Michael Thomas. Oh, that's huge because Emmanuel Sanders is one of the best route runners yep. in the NFL. He's just that wily old vet, still fast, too, has good hands. You realize this uh, is the fourth Super Bowl MVP quarterback he's going to play with? That's, that's got to be a record, isn't it? Big Ben, Peyton. Flacco and yep. Bree. Yep. That's got to be a record. And yeah. and if he could win a Super Bowl with them, that would be three titles on three different teams. That's got to be that, close to yeah, something, that too. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, I thought that was a nice pickup for the Saints offense mm-hmm. should be dynamite again next year, but they'll yeah, probably find a be. way to kick, kick below the belt and lose in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> you know they'll get, like, the one seed or at, at least a bye and just – find a way to lose on a last second field goal because they committed a, <laughs> a like pass interference in, in the end zone or something on a Hail Mary and the the legend of Kyle Turley will come on the field and throw his helmet you know, throw his, throw stands his helmet or something. Stands. Um, but then that brings me to the fourth team in the NFC South. The Carolina Panthers made an interesting move signing Teddy Bridgewater mm-hmm. to a three year sixty six million dollar deal. And then today they picked up uh really the best player in the short-lived XFL season, uh, P.J. Walker from the Houston um, Renegades, I believe, or Roughnecks, Renegade, Roughnecks, I think. Roughnecks. I think Dallas was the Renegades. Roughnecks. He was a quarterback, so they got him. I think that the writing's on the wall. Cam, you better start looking for a new home. So yeah. that brings me to this question. I sent this out to the Tan and Jay Man Show Nation on Facebook and Twitter and got a few responses. I want your opinion too, Jay Man. Where does Cam Newton – Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, and Jameis Winston end up next year. Um, I haven't really thought about it, uh, but go <laughs> go going back to the PJ Walker thing real quick. He was um, oh crap! What what the heck's their coach's name? Panthers. 
uh, Matt, Matt Rule. Rule, yeah. He he was Matt Rule's quarterback at Temple, so he knows okay. him pretty well. That makes sense. Um, so it, it it makes sense. But as for those other guys, um, there's really, I would say, only one place <laughs> where you're absolutely guaranteed the starting quarterback job if you were to go to there. And it's crazy to say, but it's the New England Patriots. I, I'm not so sure now after what they did yesterday. You don't think those guys can beat out Brian Hoyer? Well, here's what I'll, I honestly think they love Jared Stidham for this year. I think they could. I think they're going to let it go between Stidham and Hoyer. I mean, Hoyer goes back. This is his third trip back to New England in a system he already knows. So he's got a leg up on those guys already. I mean, it is not a sexy pick, either one by quarterback, but I think that's the direction they're going to go. I don't think they touch these other guys. I, I don't think they touch the other guys either because those other guys really aren't ones that I would want running my offense for 16 games. No. Um, the Patriots also have Cody Kessler, who has experience yeah. with the Browns. Um, but that's not a great quarterback. No, I'd not at pro- all. But I'd probably just rather roll with the rookie, see what yeah. you have in him. Um, I think the rest of those guys have to be backups somewhere. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Say, say, say the Bengals – do something crazy and don't draft Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, maybe Andy Dalton is their <laughs> starter again, which I just can't believe it yeah. actually would happen. But uh. it, it, it's kind of funny. I'll go over to the answers real quick, and then I'll kind of put my opinion. And we had three answer, three people answer. Uh, Rhett Lee, who's been a loyal listener of the show, we appreciate that. He said Dalton could be a decent system QB for the Pats. This was before Hoyer resigned with them. Hmm. He said Cam Newton to the Chargers. Flacco, he just said bench. And then Jameis Winston, he said, uh, Florida State Prison Rec Team. Let's <laughs> go, uh, him. Ricky Wilson, who's also an out-of-state listener of the TNJ Man Show, he said, Jameis Winston to the Pats, Dalton to the Chargers, Newton to the Redskins. He did not put an answer to Flacco. And then John Mars, another loyal listener, said, Newton to the Chargers, Winston to the Pats, Dalton to the Redskins, Flacco to an insurance agency. <laughs> Flacco looks like an insurance salesman. Um, And I I don't mean that as a bad thing. Because obviously the J-Man's Bucket Prediction of the Week (laughs) is brought to you by an insurance salesman. Um, Good good, good way to cover your tracks there. He he has the face of an insurance salesman. Um, The the Redskins did trade for a quarterback today. Uh, They traded for Kyle Allen, who had that great stretch with Carolina before it all came well, crashing Ron Rivera down. Ron is their new coach, so that makes sense. Ah, that's right. Um, man, that's it's so tough. I know where these guys end up. I think I think Dallas gets one of them. I don't know who. I think Dallas yeah. gets one of them. Maybe a Flacco. I I think all three of those guys wait until after the draft signing where yeah. to see if uh, they have any shot to be a starter well, anywhere. Yeah, Cam, the, the Cam's Chargers, still got to get traded, but yeah, he, he still has to get traded. But it, it's one of those things where they let, the, of course, who knows if he can even go on visits. Uh, but guys they're trying to trade, they'll let go on visits, see which is the best spot for them, and then the teams will kind of get together and try to work out a deal. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins, Dolphins did that with Robert Quinn last year. He was on, he was still under contract, but they let him go out, take like free agent visits, and then they came to terms with the Cowboys in a trade. Yeah. Um, now, as for the Chargers, um, it'd probably be – I wouldn't say they'd be a guaranteed star because I've always been a big fan of Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. Of course, a lot of it has to do with how much he used to kill the Dolphins every year. Um, so that kind of skews my 
uh, bias towards him, but uh, I could absolutely see a Jameis Winston or uh, I don't know about Flacco or Dalton beating him out, but I could see Jameis beating him out there in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to follow um, all that yeah. situation, but uh, but yeah, you you got to be thrilled because uh, you know the big news was Tom Brady going to Tampa, and that kind of opens up the AFC East for the first time in about twenty years. So. New England in Vegas still has the best odds to win the division next year. Give me the Bills. Uh, uh, the Bills have second best odds. Dolphins third. Jets yep. fourth. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I would say give me the Bills as well. They traded for Stephon Diggs. Uh, he was he was kind of a headache there all year with the whole trade, uh, demanding a trade and stuff. But uh, he's also one of the best route runners in the NFL. Gives Josh Allen another target to go along with John Brown out there. Um, so, yeah, and they've always had a solid defense. So I would say give me the Bills right now. But, of course, draft still has to happen, so it'll be interesting. Yep. Uh, any other thoughts on NFL free agency before we move on to a few other uh, fan questions and uh, topics? I do not think I have anything else. No, well, I'm sure I do, but I can't think of anything, so we're going to move on. <laughs> uh, my dad gave us some good trivia <laughs> questions and some cool facts. I'm going to go over the facts first. The first uh, bunch of facts have to do with Elite Eight appearances since 2000. Kind of sad that we're not talking about the Sweet 16 Elite Eight matchups as we should be. I want to talk about it. No, this I week. I want to talk about but, it. Uh, can you tell me the school who has made the most Elite Eight appearances to, since 2000? So the last 20. Since 2000. Um, trying to think who's won titles in that span. It seems like North Carolina is always right there. So I'm going to go Carolina. Carolina is second in a three-way tie with nine. There, and there's been 55 schools that have made the lead eight in the last 20 years. 45 of them have come from Power Five plus the Big East. That includes UConn when they were in the Big East. Um, but uh, most with 10 appearances is Kansas. Kansas. I wasn't even thinking Kansas. I, I was thinking Duke, but they've had a couple Duke years. Duke has had where seven. Where they've lost in that 14-3, mm-hmm. 15-2 kind of uh, – matchup so, so you got kansas with 10 duke with seven you got kentucky michigan state of course and unc with nine you also got florida with eight wow so all those other schools i just would say are blue bloods why why are we not considering florida higher why do we I mean, think want, of them right away as a football school they won it's because they play in the sec yeah, and have point. had nf1 national titles in football whereas another sec school in kentucky has not had the success that's a good point in football um, but, I mean, Florida won back-to-back national championships, yep. uh, but I still don't view them as a basketball No, I don't all. either. Then you got, with six appearances, you got UConn, Louisville, and Arizona, which... It seems like, it seems like each year UConn uh, makes the Elite Eight, they end up playing in the national championship yeah. and winning yeah, it. They, they, a, they are probably the best program of our lifetime that nobody talks about. Three national right. titles. Um uh, then with a, with four uh, Elite Eight appearances, one of these schools shocked me. You have Villanova, Syracuse, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, and Oregon. I would have Lord, never guessed man. Oregon had four Elite Eight appearances. Dana Altman, man, he knows what he's doing out there. And and, they, they probably all come within the last 10 years, I'd say, or pretty close well, to it. Well, remember they had Luke Ridenour, and I feel, they like, I feel like they made one under him with him. Yeah, yeah, they had good teams back in the early 2000s, too. Um, but they've been consistently the best team in the Pac-12 probably the 
past decade or so. Then with three appearances, you have Gonzaga, Xavier, Ohio State, Michigan, Memphis, Texas, and UCLA. Two appearances, you have both of our schools, Purdue and Illinois, along with Virginia, Texas Tech, Kansas State, Notre Dame, Butler, Baylor, Marquette, West Virginia, Missouri, Maryland, and Oklahoma State. And then with one appearance, you have Auburn, Loyola, Florida State, South Carolina, VCU, Tennessee, Pitt, Davidson, Georgetown, LSU, George Mason, St. Joe, Georgia Tech, Alabama, Indiana, Kent State, USC, Stanford, Temple, Tulsa, Iowa State, Dayton, and Wichita State. You know who's kind of that kind of surprised me only has one, and that's Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, they were really good with Jamie Dixon. Yeah, um, they even did they make a Final Four under Dixon? I don't no. remember. If, it felt like they did, but they obviously they did. didn't. Um, that kind of surprises me because they were one of the best teams in the Big East there for a five or six year stretch. Uh, my dad lists down here best schools to not make Elite Eight this century. He put NC State, Iowa, Arkansas, Minnesota, Providence, Washington, Cincinnati, St. John's, Creighton, UNLV, and Georgia. Hmm. And then three states had have uh, four schools in the Elite Eight. That's Indiana, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. 27 states have had a participant in at least one of the 20 tourneys this century. Uh, most surprising state not to have a team he said either Utah or Mississippi. Philadelphia has had three in the lead eight in Temple, St. Joe, and Villanova. Philadelphia is a good basketball town. Yes, it is. Not too shabby. Now we get into he gave us some questions, and I'm hoping he texts me the answers because I did not look these up. I was hoping you and I could collaborate and get the right answers here. Uh, the first one's got to do with NFL draft. He said, what school has had the most number one overall draft picks since 2000? <laughs> and then he said, 14 quarterbacks have been drafted number one overall since 2000. Not counting Kyler Murray, named a three that never made the Pro Bowl. Wow. Well, Johnny number, well, Johnny wasn't number one. I was going to say Johnny no. Renzel. Um, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of the players who have been taken number one. We had Cam Newton. He obviously made a Pro Bowl. Has Baker did uh, Baker make one yet? The Pro Bowl's so watered down. He might have been in a an um, alternate the past couple yeah. years. Um, but I I would probably put Baker on the list of potential um, ones that haven't. Was Tim Couch drafted this decade? No, he's ninety nine, I believe. Okay. If Man. not, if not, he might be. Um. Gosh, I can't. I am just going brain dead right now. Michael Vick I'm made a, it. Andrew Luck made it. I'm guessing Palmer made one somewhere. Oh, I'm sure Palmer made one. Um, um of course, like Liner and Vince Young weren't number one no, overall. No. Hmm. Man, I have no clue. Well, what what school number one overall draft? I was thinking Oklahoma. But that's I'm just thinking of Baker, Baker and, and, and Kyler. Um, has USC had any? Well, Leonard and Bush weren't one. No, Palmer, Palmer was. was. Mark Sanchez wasn't. Uh, Mario Williams was out of NC State. I was correct in Oklahoma. Was he? And then yeah, okay. the three, yeah, we should be kicking ourselves. Sam Bradford, uh, Jamarcus Russell, and David uh, Carr. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> 
It's embarrassing. Uh, this one's MLB, so I'm leaning on you here. There's oh, no ba- no baseball in April this year. Don't tell uh, me. Most home runs by one player in April is 14. There's one in each league. Um, there are home runs only in April. Does not count any that may have been hit in March. Who were they? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I have um, no guess either. Um, actually, wasn't there a dude on the Blue Jays a couple years that got red hot in April? I'm going to go with Carlos like Delgado. Was one of my guesses. Well, that's a name from the past. Yeah. Um, I might have to just go Blue Jay as well and say Jose Bautista. Um, it, it it seems like Chris Davis of the Orioles had an unbelievable yeah. April one year. And he ended up hitting like 50-some homers, but it felt like he was hitting a homer every single day in April. Um, of course, we're probably way off. It might have happened back uh, in Oh, A-Rod and Pujols. <laughs> See, those would have been pretty good guesses. So. Oh, man. We are just getting Fs here. Uh, we one, suck. One last question. This is NBA. What team has the longest current playoff drought going? Longest current playoff drought going? Hmm. Timberwolves made, made I'm, it a I'm few going with years the Kings. Ago. I'm going with the Kings. Has to be the Kings. If not them, it's got to be the Hornets, I think. But it's got, I think it's got to be the Kings. And, and Hornets – we're just in it a few years ago, and I want to say they beat the Bulls in a post well, The Hornets were in it when they were the Bobcats, I know, a couple of times. I want to say they've made it as the Hornets, too. I'm going, it, 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 it has to be the Kings. I'm going Kings. He's typing here, so let's see. It can't be that. It can't take that long, Dad, to type one word. <laughs> it's five letters. Kings. Uh, Baker, no Pro Bowl either. So, hey, okay. All right. You got one. Yeah. So thank you for uh, submitting those questions and topics, Dad. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Um, speaking of baseball, I mentioned earlier Joe Burris, who runs uh, Roadstar Driving Academy of Fulton County. He mentioned to me this morning that Mark Teixeira and Buster Old, Old geez, Only, whatever his name is. Buster Only. Thank you. Uh, was on with Mike Greenberg this morning on Get Up, and they were talking about what could potentially be done with baseball. And uh, it was interesting, a few things they were talking about. Uh, Buster and Tex both said uh, baseball players will probably need three weeks to get ready. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of what happened back in 95 when the strike, or, yeah, 95, yeah, when the strike ended because they came to agreement early, I think, April 2nd, and then by April 24th they were on the field. Yes. Um, Buster thought there could be a lot of double headers to get in as many games as possible. Tex thought that was a terrible idea. That is a terrible idea. Buster also brought up that there's been discussions of playing the season clear into mid-November and then starting the playoffs that would last till mid-December in dome stadiums or stadiums that have roofs or warm weather uh, neutral uh, fields. I I was going to say, could you imagine a Cubs-Twins World Series? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in in natural in, elements, in no. Mid December. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, you're the baseball guru, nut fan. Uh, I mean, what what are your thoughts? I mean, what what is nobody knows right now? It's it's just best guess when sure. baseball's going to start. You know, um, it would be great if they start in June and could have hundred hundred season or hundred game season, but I just don't know. I will go on record, and this might just have to be the J Man's book and prediction of the week, but it's for the rest of the year uh, so this will be 
because I literally there's literally nothing to book right now, so I'm just gonna have to wing it. Um, I don't think they play a baseball season this year. That's just my guess. Um, I think this is. I mean, the Olympics were postponed today. Um, I just feel like it's gonna stretch into football season, and they're just gonna cancel the baseball season altogether. And service time and all that crap will be uh, screwed up. Uh, but if it were up to me uh, right now, I would hope the season would start by like July 4th and then just play. I think just cut the first three months of the season out, just cut all those games out and just play where the schedule is on July 4th, play the rest of the year, play the playoffs, all that. So that is my views on it. The doubleheader thing's a terrible idea. The um, players would never agree to that because they want. I mean, they they just don't want to play. I mean, they'll all just be worn out. So uh, that would be my idea. Oh, and Buster even brought up doing some sort of like NCAA tournament format. I don't know yeah. how that would work, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, There's Buster, so many things being thrown out there right now. So Buster is a proven terrible idea, man. So <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> doesn't. And you can me. tweet that to him he uh, he he might have actually joined the ranks and blocked me a while ago him shilling beckman uh, dolphins beat writer omar kelly <laughs> i don't think i've been that blocked by anybody but maybe i have i don't know <laughs> but uh, the jay man's book it prediction of the week or in this case the foreseeable future is brought to you by indiana farm bureau insurance agent travis watching for your life, home, auto, renters, business, workers' comp, farm insurance, and more, contact him at 219-869-4561. His email is at travis.watering at infb.com. And he wanted me to make sure you know that insurance companies will remain open, which means he'll be working 24-7 for all of your insurance needs during this lockdown. Please don't hesitate to call or text him for any questions or quotes. And I went over what he specializes in. So he is not taking a day off. No, sir. Some football news real quick that we didn't mention. Uh, Cowboys center Travis Frederick is retiring. I did not know he's that. Only, he's only 29 years old, been in the league seven years, and has made five Pro Bowls, and he's retiring. That's big news because I know he's one of the six Cowboys offensive players that like 75% of their money is tied into. Yeah, so that frees up some cap space yes, for him. Yes, it does. And that's uh, good timing for them with Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. So. And Dak as well, yes. So got a couple more questions here. This is one we missed last week from Mitch Melton, and I don't have the question up in front of me, so I'm kind of just uh, trying to guess and remember what he said. It was along the lines of our thoughts on the NCAA potentially giving basketball players their or seniors who you know missed out on the tournament and everything eligibility for next year, I just don't see that happening. I agree. Um, they played a full season. Um, it's it's just terrible. They weren't allowed the seniors that were on good teams uh, not allowed to play in an NCAA tournament. Uh, but the fact that they were able to play a full season, I don't think you can give them next year of eligibility. However, for the spring sports, uh, it sounds like the NCAA is going to. Uh, give them an extra year. Uh, it'll that'll be interesting, scholarship wise and recruiting and all that for the next yeah. really couple years. Because if you're giving seniors all an extra year of eligibility, seems like you should be you should be giving every single player on the roster extra year of eligibility because they also lost yes a year. So uh, that's that'll be something the NCAA will have to shake out come uh, next spring. 
Yeah, yeah, that will be interesting to watch how that all unfolds for sure. So got another question uh, from our good friend Evan Webb. He sent this in last week and we didn't get to it. Um, if quarantined for a month, which we definitely could be, it looks like. Yeah. Um, and you could only watch five sports movies on repeat. Which five would you watch? Same question pertains to five sporting events. All right, you want me to go first? Yes, please. You let's let's do the movies first. Okay. So I I, I actually I never finished in, my list. I only wrote three down. Crud. <laughs> I, I actually went kind of in order. Uh, well, I did for movies. I did for games. I did like one through five, like number one being the one I'd want to watch most, down, etc. But movies, I didn't. Uh, I do have Remember the Titans. Uh, that is, I think that's your favorite sports movie. That's my it? favorite overall movie. So that is overall on my list. Movie, okay. Yes. Um, I have The Sandlot on there as well. Um, it's just a nostalgic movie for me. Uh, my mom, sister, and I used to go to the city pool a bunch when I was a kid in the 90s and then after we'd go to the city pool we'd go to the library so i could check out one movie and it was usually the sandlot rookie of the year angels in the outfield um (laughs) some baseball movie when i was like six years old Uh, but the sandlot absolutely for nostalgic reasons um number three i have friday night lights Um, i love that movie Uh, i think it came out when we were in middle school sounds about Um, right and I think I got it for Christmas, and I watched it all the time. Never got old. Uh, number four, Moneyball. It was kind of a coin flip. I was thinking Moneyball, Major League. I love Glory Road as well, uh, basketball movie. That, that movie bothers me a little bit. Because really? there's a lot of – I know it's, they say it's based on true true story, but a lot of it they missed. So it just kind of bugs me. I don't know. But good movie. Um, good yeah, and I think I got that for Christmas as well back when we were like freshmen in high school and I watch it all the time. Maybe that's why. Um, I, I haven't seen it in like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Moneyball's on the list. Uh, I'm going to be one of those people and say the book's a lot better because uh, yeah. I, I love well, the mo- book. Most people say that about movies about that were books movies. first. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Moneyball, the book, goes into so much more detail about the draft process. Uh, but I love the movie as well. How can you not be romantic about baseball? One of my favorite <laughs> sports movie quotes ever. Uh, number five, I wanted to be different and uh, put out uh, put a movie on here that uh, probably people wouldn't put on, and that's The Fighter. I loved oh, it. Oh, good one. So much. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Christian Bale was phenomenal in it. Um, a true story. Uh, I love that one as well. And I don't think – I think I've only watched it once, when, and I saw it in theaters, but uh, – that was one I absolutely loved, and it was on the list. Good one. Good one. Um, we only have one similar. That would be Remember the Titans. <laughs> I don't have this in order, but uh, I'll put Caddyshack on there. Being I figured a big, that being was going to be a big golfer. And I know a lot yeah. of people I – know, I know people who don't like that movie too much. I know you said you didn't really care for it too much. Uh, yeah. But it's um, got it's, some le- scenes that are just classics to me. It, so it's, it's a funny movie, but it just – for some reason, it just didn't make sense to me. Like, the storyline was just sure. kind of jumped yeah, around yeah, and stuff. But. I mean, you got young Bill Murray, Chevy Chase. Um, yeah, you can't you can't go wrong. You have Rodney Dangerfield Yeah, oh, well. he was great. Um, Spalding was hilarious because he was an idiot. <laughs> but uh, the second movie was one of the worst movies ever made, the second Caddyshack. Yeah. Uh, Hoosiers is on there. I feel like living in Indiana, you kind of almost have to put that on there. And didn't I didn't even think about it. I love when Gene Hackman's – uh, going through the doors and said, uh, welcome to Indiana basketball, or this is Indiana basketball, or something like that, <laughs> I, before the sectionals, and he walked through the door. 
always like that part. Uh, this is where I didn't I didn't finish my list. So now you know I'm going through, and you, you brought up some nostalgia <laughs> ones like the Sandlot and Angels in the Outfield and um, Friday Night Lights was a good one. Um, I like Miracle a lot. I think Miracle. I thought really about good putting one. that one on my list. Um, <clears throat> I might have to go with Rocky mm. on there just to be a little different. Um, and then. Another one. Oh, I'm trying to think. Eh, maybe Happy Gilmore from another comic relief. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I didn't finish out my list, so I wasn't real prepared. So, <laughs> uh, How about the five sporting events? I thought this was a really interesting question. That's a great question. I'm going to leave one off my list that might surprise you. Um, but number one, absolutely, 2005 Elite Eight game, Illinois, Arizona. That's number one? Um, absolutely number that's, one. That's very, I thought that would be your number two. Um, nope. Actually, the one you think is going to be my no- number one is not even on my list, I'm sure. Um, wow. But my number two, game six of the 2016 National League Championship yeah. Series. Uh, that was a stress-free game. I Kyle watched Hendricks. that with you. You did. You you and our buddy Jeff yep. Ryan yep. uh, got to watch it with me. Um, and that was a cool moment. Um, it was stress-free. Kyle Hendricks was awesome. Crowd was unbelievable. And uh, – that's that's a game I could watch over and over and over again and never get tired of. Uh, number three, game four of the 2016 National League Division Series comes down three runs in the ninth inning, come back, score four off of like six Giants relievers. Uh, felt like Bruce Bochy was putting in a different pitcher for each pitch they threw uh, that inning. Cubs came back and won and to move on to the NLCS. Number four, game four of the 2015 National League Division Series. They beat the Cardinals. Uh, they won the wild card game to advance to the division round to play the Cardinals. Cardinals had the best record, and I think baseball that year, and uh, Cubs really took it to them. Schwarber hit the ball on top of the scoreboard, um, so that was a really cool moment. The number five was game five of the 2016 World Series. That was probably, in my opinion, the best uh, game of the entire postseason. Cubs won 3-2. to Raldis Chapman came in through two and two-thirds scoreless innings to shut her down. Uh, so those are my five. As for game seven of the 2016 World Series, I've watched it over and over <laughs> and over again, and I still have a hard time watching yep. when Rajay, sure. Rajay Davis hits that two-run homer. Sure. You just can't do it. Sure. Um, it just brings back how I was feeling <laughs> at, at the time. Of course, I know the outcome was good for me, but uh, I still I just don't even like rewatching the game. And to throw you under the bus a little bit, before we started recording tonight, uh, Josh said he's been so bored and stir-crazy that he was watching the old Cub game yesterday and he yelled at the umpire. <laughs> Got to think. Keep, <laughs> got to keep things normal. Yeah, in got, these times. Yep. Got got to be ready when things resume. So. Yep. My five. Uh, I I don't have them in order. I should have put them in order, but I don't. Uh, but um, or maybe I do. I don't know. Um, the 2016 or the game was played in 16. The season was actually 15. But uh, AFC Championship game between the Broncos and the Patriots uh, ended up being a two point game and the Broncos victory. It was. I just remember how stressed and nervous I was going into that two-point conversion play because I knew they were mm-hmm. going to throw it to Gronk, who was just dominating the game late. And the yep. uh, ball got tipped up in the air and picked off by Bradley Roby. And just to know that the Broncos were going to their second Super Bowl in three years, and um, that was pretty special. Always special to beat Brady. Um, also on there is a Purdue-Ohio State football two years ago in 2018. 
the Tyler Trent game. Uh, just Purdue just whooped on a really good Ohio State yeah, team. Absolutely Everything the stars just kind of aligned that night, and uh, still get chills watching and listening to highlights of that game. Uh, also got another Purdue football one against Ohio State back in 2000, known as the the pass in Purdue football. Uh, Drew Brees to Seth Morales, which ultimately uh, ended up getting them over the hump and putting them in position to tie for the Big Ten championship and get that tiebreaker and go to their first Rose Bowl since 1966. Uh, that was my third Purdue game I ever went to, and I still vividly remember that pass happening and just the stadium shaking. It was crazy. Um, one more Purdue one I have. This one might shock a lot of people. This is a basketball one. Purdue and Washington in the second round of the NCAA tournament in 2009. Uh, really good basketball game. Came down to the end of Juwan Johnson. Had back-to-back blocks. Um, that was a Washington team. It had John Brockman, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Quincy Poindexter. I believe was on that team. Um, that, was Spencer Hawes on that team as well? I don't think so. He, was a, he might have been a yeah. year or two earlier. But uh, that got Purdue to their first Sweet 16 in nine years at the time. And then I got a golf one, um, the Players' Championship in 2015. Uh, Ricky Fowler came out of nowhere the last six holes, then went into the four-man playoff. and He was just sensational, especially on hole 17, birdieing it three or four times in a row. And that was his biggest win of his career to date. So those are my five. I know a lot of people would be surprised I don't have Super Bowl 50 in there. I actually watched Super Bowl 50 on Saturday, I think it was. And as much as I enjoy watching it, since that was the Broncos' most recent championship victory, it was a very boring game besides Von Miller making two boring. big yeah. plays. There was a defensive battle between both teams. So, <laughs> Yep. All right, you want to hear Birdie Bogey before yep. we go? Yep. J.J. Watt turned 31 yesterday and he has three defensive player of the year awards in his career which is tied with this player for most ever oh man 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 can i get a hint (laughs) it was in our lifetime did i lose you I think we, I think we might have lost Josh. That was not ideal timing. Let's see if I can call him back real quick. That was not ideal. And his phone. Yep, I'm not able to get him. Um, and he said it was Lawrence Taylor, and that was one of the many guys that was going through my head. But I gotta admit, that was not gonna be one of my guesses, or at least my final guess. So. I would have got a bogey, but I guess uh, we'll act like that never happened. So uh, thank you, everybody, who uh, joined in to watching this week's or watching and or listening to this week's episode of the TNJ Man Show. Please be patient with us the next few weeks as we're not in our normal routine, but we will get through it. And keep uh, submitting questions and topics. They really help us get through this show because, as you know, nothing is going on in the sports world. But we will be back next Monday for another episode of the Tan and J Man Show. Have a great week, everybody. Stay healthy. Stay safe.